Ciao, and welcome to the Frontier Space Podcast, a dialogue about how space technology and exploration are transforming our solar system. We're excited to hear from Dr. Manoj Tripathi, who is a researcher in material science from the University of Sussex in southern England. Manoj specializes in nanoscale topographical characterization of hybrid materials, semiconductors, 2D materials, carbon-based polymer composites, strain tronics, and other applications. Okay, so the, the one of the motivation actually behind is, is the problem that having the in the nanoscience especially related to the 2d materials so it uh, you know the, the including the nobel prize or uh, but I, I think the research has been a long working in this field so there is a problem that why one group one part of the world is getting good property but another part of the world is not getting the same it means that things are not reproducible not scalable although we have discovered this material a decade ago thing to manchester's group so this is the motivation behind so what are the so what are the reason that is causing this um, um, the, like changing of property so then the role of the defects come into play i'm not talking about the defects that you implant the that the defects naturally happen in this material because if you look the top research they say that the the graphene is stronger than steel then why it is not acting like a steel you know so that was the motivation so 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 we found that actually graphene come with the package package of structural disorders vacancies grain boundaries wrinkles and these things are affecting its mechanical integrity then question i how much it is affecting it so that's a part of the paper but we have found that not only it affecting mechanically but also affecting electronically like because if 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 we go down to the sub sub nano level we talk about atoms and all this so so we have found that these defects basically uh, defects is not only always about Uh, there's a vacancy if there is some structural disorder let's say you have a uh, you have a proper square and at, at the corner someone beat it up and the square changes so it's a deformation but not defect so so the structural deformation like if you consider graphene as a flat of if, if there is a like a kind of like a wrinkle that you know we see in curtains a kind of like a, a hump so that is considered as a structural disorder because it is not flat because if you see graphene at atomic scale looks like hexagonal proper hexagonal honeycomb structure arrangement so this hexagonal structure changes at these defects region so the atom distribution changes hence the electrons are changes so electronic distribution are changing since the electronic distribution are changing overall electrical properties are changing or let's say localized electrical property electronic properties are changes so that is the the we have found oh my god these wrinkles are altering the native property of the material so that's the reason behind of the of the research but there's a down part we that's we got the answer okay because of the number of the wrinkles number of the other defects grain boundaries are halting the reproducibility of the results all over the world then but there's an upside also 
then we are saying since they are changing the property and not everywhere locally it's it's something like that you have a body ache but not you have a ache but not in whole or body somewhere so like only at the shoulder so uh, so so wrinkles are affecting locally not everywhere then we were thinking if they are affecting locally can we will use it some way then we have found yes if we make a wrinkles as uh, we define wrinkles like properly in arrangement proper periodic arrangement we can make something a kind of like a different doping regions doping uh, is all using the transistors and the diodes so we have found the wrinkle region is basic in case of the graphene on silicon system so if there's a wrinkle there the, the particular wrinkle region act as a uh, less speed dope system graphene on silicon when it is flat it is speed dope system and when there is a wrinkle there is a less speed dope consider it as so we got like world tiniest pnp junction and means the dimension of the wrinkle is act as a basically a doping region although we have not introduced any foreign material it is just a same material just it is not connecting with the substrate it changed the property and we get, we saw we we got wow just change the gap you can change the material so that's why the tiniest the concept of the tiniest um uh the pnp or transistors is come into play in 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 this research so um now your second question was um uh mechanic uh, elaborate and the findings also yes so um, it's not only you all 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 other uh, reporters that we have discussed uh, this year they have asked that can you reproduce like wherever you want you can produce the wrinkles because they they it is not easy uh, the answer is now yes we have find a very good strategy that we can uh, produce the wrinkles in this study materials wherever we want and the answer lies that nature already giving us a hint like uh, uh, like aging of a people we get uh, we get wrinkle so we follow that path uh, so it's it's a kinds of the like you know following the the nature we have found that when you get old your outer surface of the skin is stiffer then the internal skin like called epidermis and dermis so these change in the mechanical property the the outer layer shrinks the inner layer means when you get old so that's why you get aged wrinkle so we have found okay let's um, meet to other material let's put graphene on something which is softer rather than on silicon wafer then we have found yes exactly things are happening we are generating the wrinkles wherever we want so um, another strategy that we have adopted is um is and, a, um I yes want to jump in real quick and um it, so it sounded like that um there are you know some benefits to introducing these wrinkles um in in terms of improving the um you know electrical properties and um that no the answer is no, no. these are disorders 
these are disorders so you you cannot improve the electrical properties but you change the electrical properties sometimes change is required rather than improvement i can give you an example graphene itself if you have it has no defect it is useless for switchable devices okay you cannot switch it you need a semiconductor for, that's why the copper is not using uh, in the semiconductor industries you know and uh, uh, we need a kind of band gap to use the switch like on off one zero you need one it will it will remain on like it will remain one it will always be one zero you, you it will always zero you need a one zero one zero kind of uh, arrangement so switching is required when you switch off it it should be flip it down it should give another signal that is missing in the graphene so these wrinkles are introducing these um, semiconducting behavior because if i go fundamentally the direct cone of the graphene are touching like let's say the band gaps are touching each other but if there are some defects or depends on the density of the defects this band gap changes so the, the non metallic nature of the graphene transforms to the semiconducting nature so that's a one beauty of the wrinkles of course mechanical integrity will be compromised you will not get steel base Uh, material but in electronics you do not need it you do not need like armor in electronic industries so here the elect electron electrical properties are sufficient one more interesting inf information that i can tell you which is hardly explored but we have recently submitted a paper these defects also increase the joule heating effect it means the 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 thermal performance um Uh, basically it degrade but it increase the temperature so we have found uh, that the in uh, this work is in collaboration with the coast professor omar is in charge there so he, he we have produced the cvd graphene nearly 100 100 nanometer thick and it has lots of wrinkles and some edges so when we gave a potential bias around 7 volt which is not so high your mobile charge at nearly 5 volt so we are getting a temperature up to uh, 300 degree centigrade and um, and we have continuously heated it at 12 days nothing happened to it so just with a 7 volt you can get 300 degree centigrade it means the, the continuous performance was nearly 250 centigrade it means it is a massive application in in space and uh, getting yourself heated in the in 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 the space or or uh, like going anywhere in the world or at the colder region at the very cheapest way you so you don't need a very high uh, like potential bias to get the heater so these are the, and, and you don't need any metal that's a good thing you just need carbon carbon means, means you don't need to add any copper any rare material to get that heating so so these graphene heaters are also interesting that is uh, coming up uh, and i might be useful in the future as well so so thermal electric oh, okay mechanical yes as well so excellent um so those the graphene heaters could maintain higher temperatures um in in in, in transmitting electricity and and maintaining uh flow of electrons uh yeah yes you can we can say something like that actually graphene is a very good thermal conductor but the presence so it means it it a good 
thermal conductor means it's act like a metal you know you see you touch it you get heat heat energy you can feel it but but uh, it means that the temperature will not rise but it will go away so how to hold the temperature you need to add some defects means uh, defects is not a good term structural disorder in the material so these structural disorder alter the path of the thermal uh, in uh, in uh, influence electron and and that's why the path of the electron get drifted and you know they 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 hit each other or with the defect center the material get heated it's it's a part of the joule heating effect so that's the graphene is means that's the structural disorder in doing the graphene ah. so if you increase the more structural disorder disorder uh, the, heat, the the temperature will rise but there should be a limit because it is eventually a carbon material and when you are heating in air condition maybe you might not able to reach up to 500 degree centigrade because it will degrade the material itself but with the optimized number of defects we got a sustainable graphene heater with the tunable amount of the de structural disorder and and of course very regulated uh, potential bias so it's almost as if the electrons they're like riding a wave along the curtain of, yes, of the kind, kind of so what curtains are doing basically they are a, a speed breaker so these speed breakers are slowing down causing the causing the heating or collision collision between the electron is is causing because when there is like a so, so you know there's a difference between a highway and and, and when you have lots of speed breakers so these things are acting like that at the nanoscale. That's why the material get heats up efficiently. Uh, when I said efficiently, means with the less potential bias, and the and you you can reach up to nearly three hundred degrees centigrade. And this is I don't think someone has recorded such high temperature. It means people has done something with graphene oxide and other stuff, but they they, they hardly go beyond hundred. Or maybe some people has done with the carbon as to up to two hundred. But three hundred is no one has reported yet just a pure carbon no doping nothing that's amazing yeah. yes and so you guys essentially it sounds like you made these like tiny microchips that are a hundred times smaller than typical microchips uh, microchips fabrication is is the is the last goal because first we have to make transistors okay so then then the second thing is the assembly of the transistors then the packing of the transistors and then the chip come so it, it's uh, we 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 are now at the second stage we, we like in the january like last year we have decoded this how this single wrinkle is affecting as a world tiniest transistor but now we are encountering the problem that the periodic arrangement of the wrinkles that we can get uh, wherever we want the wrinkle so that is called like you know the assembly line of the transistors is needed so we are working in that direction but when the assembly line will done then the compactness and then the chip manufacturing will come but it it, it needs some industrial collaboration because we need some problem to understand what what the things they are looking for example the height of the wrinkle this is your second question the height of the wrinkles also affecting the, the properties so, so that that I will come a bit later when you will ask. So, chip designing is slightly far. When okay. I say slightly, I could say that five to ten years. 
very cool. It's uh, exciting research and work you're up to. And um, so in your publication entitled The Structural Defects of the Electronic and Nanomechanical Properties of 2D Materials, um, you uh, looks like there were these thing, things called deflated graphene nanobubbles that, that were important. Um, um, these are, as I said, you know, when the material is flat, it considered as a pure and pristine. Any structural disorder, bubble, wrinkle, even we have addressed different shape of wrinkles. I think there's a question about you have asked flex standing collapse wrinkle or bending wrinkle. So we, we found that different shape, density, height of these structural defects alters the electrical and mechanical property differently. It means the upside is basically you are making a new kind of periodic table just by this. If you have lots of bubbles, you have a different material. You have a wrinkle, you have a different material. You have a different shape of the wrinkle, you have different material. A single carbon element like graphene is making its own periodic table in its way. So that is the beauty of this part of the research. You, you can, without addition, for example, in case of steel, you have iron and carbon. So you are adding something. But in this, you are not doing anything. You are just changing the shape of the material and you are getting a different material, a new material. That is, that is also kind of like, you know, uh, first carbon is abundant, not unlike like metal and other stuff. You are replacing other material which is required. You make graphene semiconductor, you make graphene highly uh, conductive, wherever. It's the same material using everything. And, and um, as we're alluding to the electronics uh, manufacturing, uh, um, what is what exactly is strain uh, tronics, and, and and why are they kind of you know disrupting the electronics manufacturing? Yeah, sure. Um, it is an emerging field, and uh, strain. It's it, it definitely you can understood that it is a confusion of towards strain and electronics. So it means that you induce the strain in the material. It means you stretch, compress a material and you get a new material. But it has, it has some limitation also. Uh, those materials which are brittle in character are not part of this category. For example, silicon, indium tin oxide, which you use in your mobile screen, they are not flexible. So you cannot do flexible electronics with this material. These materials are focused in a very limited application like flexible electronics. For example, the clothes that you are wearing it, if you, if you have a graphene in it, it can, sense, it can sense your heat or even it can give you heat, okay? So well, you can have a, a graphene device or somewhere the patches and you can go out maybe in the colder region can, it can provide you sensing, heating and other interesting uh, stuff. But it, it, and with the stretching, and since it is flexible, so it is changing its property. But those material like glass, brittle having a property, they are, they are not come in the category. So this is the first drawback. Second problem that the industry is facing is that uh, it is difficult to control the strain. Uh, strain is about the you know, change in length upon original length. It means that the, when you stretch the material, the length changes. So 
it is difficult to control this. When, for example, let's say at 0.2% of strain, you are getting a different material, then you have to maintain this uh, strain uh, throughout the material. Otherwise, if you get some region, you get the, the 0.3 or 0.5 strain, the material will be more semiconductive because the band gap changes. So that, that is a difficult part. In laboratory, we have some tiny chips, like you know, the, 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 in, in the laboratory scale, we are just working on the one centimeter square chips, but in industry, it will be massive. So holding the strain distribution or the stress distribution along the 2D material, it is not that easy. So that is the problem that, that, the, that the, basically two problem. The, the, the brittle material are not in, coming in the category. Second, the strain distribution is not easy. We, we found one solution for that strain distribution, but, but it's pretty expensive. So that's another thing. Industry will think 100 times before doing that. It is the, the, the recent work that we have published in small. So we have done a texturing, but we changes the periodicity. For example, the, 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 in one case, the textured, the grooves are very close to each other, let's say 40 nanometer. And then we <coughs> sorry, gradually increase the spacing of the groove. And then we deposit graphene on it, single layer graphene on it. So graphene, wherever smaller groove separations are there, low periodicity, they have one kind of strain. And then they have another periodicity, which is higher. <coughs> it has another kind of strain. So in, and this strain is forever because the textured samples are, are irrevocable. So we, we generated the of same silica, same graphene of different strains. So that's a very good example, but you need a laser technique for the ablation, for the, I mean, the laboratory still, it is possible, but it will be very expensive at the industrial scale. Means we, we have to think something in that direction. Otherwise, when you stretch a material, it is dynamically, it is difficult to hold this situation for like for long, long time. So that is the thing we, we, we are not getting. Another thing that um, uh, we have to be careful, the straining and all this thing need not necessarily can improve the property of the material. No, as I said, when you have a proper pristine material flat, when you stretch it, it changes at a shape. The change is required, not the improvement is required here. Graphene itself is a very superlative material and uh, very high conductivity and all. So slightly change can give more application rather than improving it. Even if we can, if, if we really want to improve it, just remove the defects. You will improve the material at all. But sometimes the changes are required for the selectivity and all. So here now the question here comes, the role of the grain boundaries that I'll come a bit later. Yes, yes, we were wondering about uh, those, uh, the grain boundaries and the um, different kinds of wrinkles and- um... yeah. Talking about the nature of the wrinkles, let's start from something. So when the graphene is flat, no defect, okay? No structural disorder. So when, when there is a gap, the hump of less than or around one nanometer, it considered in the category of ripples. So when you do the nanoscale imaging, it's look like a wavy structure, like wave that you can see in, in, in the oceans, small, tiny, tiny hump. 
when this uh, hump go from one nanometer to eight nanometer and change, it changes the property because the gap is increasing. So it becomes a standing collapse wrinkle. If you want to imagine a standing collapse wrinkle, one of the very good example is the gents toilet. There's an there's a image of men and women begins there. So there is a head, there is a, there is a, like a body, and then there is a feet. So standing collapse wrinkle exactly look like that. So, so the legs are joined together and the head is, act, is, is a top head also of the wrinkles and the feet are just slightly far apart. So the, the collapse part is the, 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 the legs when they are contact to each other. So that's, I'm giving you the manifestation how the, the standing collapse wrinkle look like. And it's lie up to the eight nanometer to 12, it varies. However, when you reach the maximum limit of 16 nanometer of the wrinkle height, it starts bending. I'm, whatever I'm talking about, just an atomic layer of graphene. If you have a thicker layer of graphene, you can go even up to beyond height. But just I'm talking about the atomic layer. So if you have an atomic layer and then you can maximum achieve around 16 nanometer, then it starts bending because the, the, the bending stiffness is not enormous in, in, in the uh, single layer of graphene. The, you can manifest like a old person having a stick, but uh, just minus the stick. So let's like start bending because when you, it's exactly like, you know, those trees which get too tall, it start bending. So that is, uh, and when this bending is too much, it's close to the surface, like it bend too much, bend down, like someone, in, 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 in Islamic, they, they pray, the way they pray. So it's like a fold. Now they are in a folding state of the wrinkle. So that's, and each state of the wrinkle giving you a different property. So we have addressed this in our paper, like different stages of the shape and the bending of the paper, oh, the building of the wrinkle. So these are the ripple standing collapse and the folded state. Now the grain boundaries. Grain boundaries, you can manifest as a, there is a cloth, someone had tear it, and then you stitch it. Okay, but how it generates? Because all these graphene usually come from um, uh, uh, metal, because people, uh, there's a process called chemical vapor deposition or, or, or pulse vapor deposition. So they grow, graphene on polycrystalline metal and these metal have different uh, domains each domain has different arrangement of atoms so graphene mimics the metal so when you take it off from the metal so so the, the interfaces between these domains are be, domains called grain called grain boundaries so that's where the world has come from uh, the beauty of the grain boundary is, it is very selective to the gas sensing. The bad point of the grain boundary is it is, um, uh, it make thing weaker because stitched material is always poorer than the original material. So even your cloth get torn apart. If you stitch it, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same inte mechanical integrity as the original material has. But in, in the nanoscale, uh, there's one paper, not by our group, someone has found 
that the gas sensing ability of the grain boundaries are nearly 300 times higher than a pristine graphene material. So how it happened? Because change in the electrical and mechanical property. So that is the, the beauty of having the grain boundary. It means you, you, cannot, you cannot use it as, a, as I said, for the mechanical property, but you can use it as a sensor. Sounds impressive, yes. And, and so I'm trying to wrap my head around uh, this gas sensing, and it sounds like um, the the graphene can better uh, kind of detect the gaseous molecules around it. Or yes and no. Okay. Yes, yes means the sensitivity of the graphene is so high that it's never ever seen by mankind yet. There's one paper from Manchester group, they have found they can detect, in, uh, they can sense one molecule. However, the sensitivity is high doesn't mean selectivity is high. Means, let's say it can detect one kind of gas. Let, let, let's say imagine nitrogen dioxide. It can detect, but it can detect the same sulfur dioxide. So, so, so the sensitivity is missing. Because the graphene is pristine, it behaves everywhere the same way. So here you need a selectivity. So that's why the role of the selectivity comes. There are two things. Either you dope the graphene, like let's say you add some extra material that will sit on graphene and they will change the, uh, the, the chemical or electrical property locally. And then they are more uh, affinity, they have more high affinity toward the foreign molecules, which is going to detect. Other thing is that uh, you introduce the defects through laser, make holes, or you make structural disorders. They have a different chemical uh, and uh, electrical property, and they can sense it different. So, so graphene. So it means that if you want to use the graphene for space exploration, like getting a tiny, tiny details, then pure graphene is good. But if you want to use in your daily life, like COVID sensing, making COVID sensor, ammonia sensor, carbon dioxide sensor, nitrogen dioxide sensor, or, or even war um, gases like DMMP, other stuff, then you have to add some, some kind of uh, selectivity in the material in, through doping or through by, through by um, uh, structural disorder. So you need, it means your graphene then Again, sense different amount of gases rather than just on the one gases. So, so that's that's the answer of yes and no. So it is great. It it can get, get the tiniest, but but the selectivity is missing. So you decrease the decrease the conductivity by introducing the defects, but it can be it can detect a different amount of gases. So that's that's the the you know the the catch. You, we have to understand. Is so cool, um, and so these. Um, so, I was reading about how the previous studies, you know, created similar kinks or uh, wrinkles to develop highly sensitive cancer biosensors too, and 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 water filters and um, for for next generation batteries and. Um, and it looks like um, uh, 
they could make uh they hold the potential these these 2d sheets of graphene to um make lithium ion batteries 18 times more potent and um you know improve solar panels and all all sorts of exciting things i was wondering if you could elaborate more on uh, some of this research and and, and how these capabilities sure. are enabled yes <laughs> sure um uh, but these having these actually graphene uh, or other 2d materials they are showing different properties in in different field and each application that you are pointing either the battery or, or the water filtration they are they are just targeting a, a a particular property let's start with the easy one the filtration the graphene uh, is 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 if you consider as a membrane and it is like as a mesh which won't allow anything to go here and there or 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 if you make a tiny hole through laser through a particular size then it can allow only that part of the material let's say you make a hole of some hydronium ion or some proper uh, calcium ion then only that can go but usually the the space between these two material i think are nearly in picometer range 160 to 170 picometers you won't allow anything only hydrogen positive ion can go so this thing is very fantastic to do the water filtration so it can allow few kind of ions that or just water molecules or the heavier ions or the contaminants it can block easily so that's a part of the that that that's like a, a physical membrane application. You are using the physical property or the membrane property of the graphene. In the battery application, it is different. Here you are using the conductive performance of the graphene, the flow of the charge of being conductor. In the first part, the conductivity has no rule, neither the mechanical, but just we are using as a membrane. The second part, how it supports the 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 flow of the charge it making the bridge of the charge to the one material to the another material usually uh, many research are proposing uh, of replacing the graphite because when the lithium ion especially in the case of the lithium ion batteries when the lithium goes to the traditional graphite then it swells okay and the area increases maybe you have seen some re regions of the battery get get swell so it's because of that, because of the lithium ions can can absorb the graphite, the surface area increases and, and it gets swelled. So in, in the case of the graphene, it can it it can adjust more or it can provide a better, but not they're using as a graphene, using a graphene aerogel, which is a very porous structure. So then then it can adjust or it can accommodate more lithium ion. And that's why the performance of the overall battery will be very high one interesting information i can tell you is people are also using to protecting the corrosion but it is not graphene it is its sibling called hbn hexagonal boronitride it's a similar material like graphene but in spite of carbon it is a, 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 a alternate like a com, um, position so <laughs> sorry boron and nitrogen so they it can protect for the corrosion and corrosion is a massive problem because all the metals that we are using in marine even going to use in for space application they need to be protected against many harsh environments so so that that's a thing is needed like also like in future 
Uh, what else you have asked? So battery, membrane. Yeah, I was also else? reading about how uh, the, the, the graphene sheets could make carbon fiber 225% stronger and 184% stiffer. Um, 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 it is, uh, it, it's a catch actually, how much amount of the graphene you add in the, in, in the fiber, that plays a very important role. Um, it is exactly like when you have polymer, it is, it is softer. And then you add a, a graphene like material and they have to be integrated well. This is, this is the catch. It has to be integrated well with the matrix. Then the material become stiffer. So that's a, that's a thing. Otherwise, if you do not do the math properly, the carbon material itself act as a defect center because you are introducing a foreign material in the polymer and the 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 the, the quality com, uh, the quality compromises. So the good news is that you don't need to add too much. You just need to add something fraction or weight percentage, 0.1 maximum to one weight percentage, and you increases the mechanical property uh, very very uh, strong. It, it depends on the interaction between the polymer matrix and and the carbon. Usually you have to use the functionalized graphene rather than Functionalized means you need to add some oxygen group with the graphene called graphene oxide, so it can integrate well with the polymer and increase the the the, the property of overall polymer matrix. So that's that's a catch that you have to think a bit about it. So usually functionalized graphene are better than the pure graphene for increasing the uh, the mechanical properties of the polymer composites or any kind of fiber. Nice. And um, we can use carbon fiber for, for all sorts of materials and, and structures, you know, and, and spacecraft and, and payloads and uh, propellant cryogenic tanks and energy uh, storage. Yes, actually, is it, I, when I found this question, it, it was very in, interesting. And, but it, graphene can do more thing, actually. Not only, not only uh, uh, the carbon fiber stuff. First thing is that it is a lightweight. And uh, those who are involved in the space exploration, the, the weight is, is a very main concern because it's cost you a very uh, large amount of fuel. So the carbon fibers are uh, stiffer and they are also thermally uh, resistance, but it, it cannot allow the heat outside to get in. So these are the very in, interesting uh, requirement uh, that uh, is, uh, uh, is 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 that carbon fibers are uh, are providing. However, I think uh, some research has to be done also because there is also a radiation in a space. So and maybe these carbon fiber has to be some kind of coating that can um, uh, protect uh, the, the aircraft overall. I mean, I'm not talking about lead coating, I mean something new, maybe it's from this 2D material that can protect the, uh, the, the surface of the aircraft against the radiation. Or moreover, maybe one can harness the radiation because radiation is kind of very high energy can into a, some useful form of energy, maybe some kind of 
feeds you electricity or something like that, you can get the energy even from the radiation in the space. So yes, this is the, the, the research that I think it's going to be in future soon because I know the space race has begun all over the world and lots of and things are getting commercialization. So the safety and the economy, both are uh, dire requirement in this case. So uh, I think the, those 2D materials who are uh, useful against radiation or who can perform well or harness the radiation energy, that will play, will be a game changer. Yeah, that harnessing the radiation seems uh, promising as well. Uh, um, but I don't, I don't think carbon, the, the carbon is a very light material. It itself cannot do anything. So I think it needs a combination of other 2D materials who can um, either absorb or harness or convert radiation energy into something else. Maybe some kind of doping with the boron or, or boron, something like that. Means I'm, I'm, this is not my ex extreme uh, expertise here. But for example, carbon boron nodes are using as a moderator, but I don't know how much it's capacity to absorb the radiation in the nuclear reactor. So, but I think uh, in the family of 5,000 to the material, there are some combination will be there where we can get a very good uh, uh, hybrid layers where we can protect or harness both uh, the radiation energy, but that will be the, because in, if you're thinking, because in your question, you are thinking about the Mars, the, so the space is brutal and Mars is not merciful like our Mother Earth. So both are very, very uh, uh, difficult situation and radiation storms uh, will be there, definitely. So you need extraordinary materials. Graphene is definitely one of them in terms of providing conductivity, in terms of providing heating and lightweight. But we still have to look for those materials who can protect against the radiations. And, and, some, some, and not only that, uh, we also need a material who can protect us against some alien microbes. I'm not talking about alien, alien people, but alien microbes, which means the human nature is not encountered yet. So, so we need those kind of sensors to detect them. And because once you detect it, then you can protect it. So hmm. these extraordinary materials are needed. Yes. Yes. wonder if we could help absorb some of the incoming galactic cosmic rays with those, uh, you know, graphene, uh, nanomaterials and, and uh, structures. Um. Yes, yes. I think it is possible because the, the, the sensitivity of the graphene is extremely high. No other metal has reported yet. Yes. We'll have to take a deeper dive, yes. Pardon? We'll have to take a deeper dive into this one. It's exciting. Yeah. Yes, but, but it comes with the cost. Uh, these super sensitive materials are not easy to make. Um, but there's a paper in 2008 by Manchester Group in Nature. I forgot its title, but they have shown that graphene can detect 
in fact, up to one molecule. And that, that was really fascinating paper. Nice. And um, I think like one or two more things here. Um, you, so going back to the graphene sheets and, and strain tronics, um, mm -hmm. where you know, toward, toward the later end of the electronics manufacturing, um, it, to the strain tronics was, was that we could make more space inside the microchips for, for, for more uh, electronic materials. And it's kind of like this nano origami uh, yes, game. yes. Answer is yes, we can make it. Um, I can give you a very good analogy. See, I, I'm from India. So we have, uh, we cannot have um, like a, a, a facility that we, that's uh, how we have housing culture here in UK. We, we have our, here, people have some of their own, own houses, but in India, you have multi stories. It means when the land is occupied, the sky is a solution. This is exactly what we are doing in a chip. So when the no surface is available, you have to look up. And gra graphenes are the thing that you are looking up. So what it is happening, you are mounting technically, you are mounting carbon layer over carbon layer, giving them height. Let's say carbon rods you are making. I will not call them rod because they are not touching to the surface. They are like levitating kind of like that, or, or they have an arrangement that is not touching the surface. So I'm not calling them broad. So in this way, you are having a higher number of the PN junctions as compared to the traditional this P part. So it's P and P junction. So we have done this. These are the strategies that, uh, so, it's, so the thickness, uh, oh sorry, not thickness, the width, the width of this wrinkle is, is are in the nanometer range, something like one to two nanometer. So in this case, means particularly in this case. So, so you can uh, adapt more and more uh, kind of uh, uh, transistors per unit area. I think the, the, the present the microprocessor, the, the, the top quality that made by the industries is up to 25. And this is smaller than that. This is like one fifth of more. So, we had, so you are increasing nearly five to six times more number of the uh, transistors uh, as presently exist. Um, as I was saying, yes. yes? Yeah, and, and um, it sounds like, like that, um... That, that increase in transistors and just the making these really small computer chips could, I was reading it could make our computers and phones a thousand times faster. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, yes, more number of the, these chips, uh, there's some problem. More number of the chips can, um, can give you the more faster performance. So yes, so it is, it is true. So, uh, if some if if one can ask that how you are designing this, so we we are actually present at these two stages. That, as I said, we are regulating the density of the wrinkles. So, uh, for example, here we are making um, uh, textured surfaces through laser, and we deposit graphene. Actually, the 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 key is the gap has to be there. 
So it, this part should not touch the surface. So here we have found when the graphene is suspending and not touching, so we have find a different electronic property uh, as a part which is, which is uh, touching the surface. So this is a schematic something like that. So here we can get P and P. And this is one of the, this is we are planning to submit in a nature physics uh, next year. So here it is a hybrid system. You can clearly see that on, on the left-hand side, we do not, we have a flat surface, but on the right-hand side, we have a, a high density of the wrinkles. Basically graphene is everywhere, but it is only appears on the MOS too, because as I said, we decode this part of the mechanics and the interfacial science between graphene and another 2D material that uh, uh, can create the wrinkle wherever you like it. So now we, we are in this. So the third step will be, as I said, making the assembly line and then the compactness and then the chip manufacturing. So it's a long way to go, but yeah. we, are, we are moving like in a good pace, I could say that. The third strategy, which, which I will give credit to our collaborator in Rice University, Professor Ajian. So he said that if you have a liquid phase material in beneath, you can, and that is also electronic or semiconducting, you can digitally uh, or through uh, artificial intelligence, you can control the density of the wrinkle. One of the very clear examples you can see in our daily life this is my morning tea mug. You can see a wrinkle of the top green over my, uh, my tea, which is liquid. So the liquid uh, phase is uh, very much helpful in, in creating the wrinkles of the top layer. So this is a very, so if you have a liquid uh, phase material beneath or a material which can convert into liquid or we can digitally control the liquidity means many of the semiconductor like gallium are like that. So this is the future of the plan that we are thinking that we can using the phase change material, we can generate further uh, density of the wrinkles electrically wherever we want. So it's, uh, yeah, it, now it sounds like fiction, but it, it is possible. Congratulations. Which, uh, it's a very exciting research. And I, I can't wait to read more. Um, and thank you for sharing this. So, so uh, um, which question I miss? I think that's most of the our questions here, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there's the, one question you are talking about. What are the research areas would you advise research investigate? Yeah, kind of along the lines of the um, enabling the ultra low frictional forces with the nanomechanical systems. Um, oh, okay, that's actually. A uh, very interesting one, but it might take a couple of minutes. But I here I will ask you a question. I think you you are, you are in US. You definitely have a car and you put the engine oil. Okay, because there is a gear system that are rotating and it needs to be lubricated. Just imagine if your gear system is of five ten nanometer. You can't add oil. 
can't. Your nanorobots are basically five to 10 or maximum 50, 100. Means they are in the nanometer range, like one to 100 nanometer. If they, if your nanorobots are working, like rotating, they're, uh, because of rotation, there is a friction generated. That friction is causing heat. That heat is, if it accumulated, it can destroy your nanorobot. What you can do, you cannot do, you cannot do anything because the size of the machine is more than a droplet. It's, it's very smaller than a droplet. And so you cannot use, if you put one drop, it is a micro size. So you need uh, atomic layer to protect your nanorobots. So that's a part of the project. So these nanorobots could be for the civilian application, defense application, anything. It doesn't matter the application. The, the, the concept is how to protect those nanorobots. So we have done some coating of graphene, single layer graphene on this uh, uh, serrated uh, like gear shaped structure. And we have found the, and, and then we rub against another gear structure, which is through the technique called friction force microscopy. So in which just you, you have a coated material and then you rub against each other. So we found that um, the, the, the coated region of the graphene is showing a friction values nearly one-tenth of the bare silicon. We have used a silicon system as, as a surface because most of the robots are here and making using silicon devices. So this was a benchmark to understand. So that's why you are protecting the, the graphene uh, through the graphene covered system. The fundamental value that we have found, the graphene is not accumulating the frictional energy, like friction induced heat energy, it dissipates easily. So it means that your, your gear system will not accumulate the heat, it can protect, uh, it, when it distributes, the whole system get durable. So I do not, this is a very new technology. We do not know how much the sustainable life uh, the nanorobot will have. But if I go with the present value, it can increase up to 10 times. Like if, if, if you're in a present case, if it is surviving, like say five days, then with graphene coating, definitely maybe more than uh, 50 days, something like that. So these things, uh, th this is the thing that we have uh, found for uh, how in, in case of the nanorobots, which is another possible, the future investigation our people are working, how to protect those devices. But not only that graphene being conductive, if something gone wrong with the device, it can give you a signal that, that something gone wrong because it is easy to get a signal from a drone and from plane, but it is very difficult to get signal from a nanorobot. So graphene can also, because here the change in the conductivity will play a role because we get one kind of conductivity when the, when the nanorobot was working. If something gone wrong, it changed the conductivity and we get the signal that something gone wrong with the device. So this is another like fascinating um, uh, research in terms of the nanoscale robotics and friction. That's awesome. 
Yes. I look forward to, you know, uh, taking a deeper dive into uh, these nanorobots and, and graphene coatings. Yes. 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 No, it is. It is really interesting, and it's it's that's actually that's part of the research. Give us a very good idea of the strainatronics because when we were working on this kind of work, uh, this kind of uh, textured surfaces, so we found that graphene is uh, stretching differently on different textured surfaces, and each. Basically, it's a whole single silicon wafer. So everything over there, just different in the spacing. We have found different strain in the graphene and each strain is acting differently. So that's why we are thinking, oh, wow, it's a typical field of straintronics. So we are, the graphene is same, but just the spacing between the texture changing its property and changing stuff. Right now, we just uh, look at the friction aspect. The next part, we are going to the sensor aspect because the if, if, if and the, for example, so graphene on a nanoscopic texture, how how it's sensing again different gases versus graphene on bigger texture, like when the spacing is different. It's a kind of we are trying to provide a selectivity just by strain in the material. So again, I'm saying I'm not adding any arsenic, phosphorus, or nitrogen for doping. I'm just straining the material differently and getting the different selectivity. Wonderful. Well, uh, we've learned so much and, and uh, I'm sure everyone else has listening. So um, we're approaching the hour, but um, keep up the great uh, inspiring research and, and work over there. Uh, the University of Sussex. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, thanks for your time. And let me know if something is not clear. And um, I will try to explain. I, I, I can write a draft for you for that to make it more clear. Yes. Enjoy your holidays. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Same to you. Bye. Bye.